0: Welcome back for another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you're enjoying our pod. Join Donika and I as we engage in various topics around mental health. We hope you enjoy our guest today. Thanks again for tuning to Black Women Healing Podcast. As we've been doing, me and Donika have been having discussions at the beginning of our pods. So Donika, I want to check in with you and see did you follow through with anything we talked about in the last episode you talked about like doing some new things to help you working from home and I want to hear the update cool
1: cool so last time uh we had Dr. Holly uh, and we talked about working from home during like a pandemic and um some of the things she had said was like in Myra too like putting on clothes and um, you know, getting a new scenery, and so I was able to try a few of those things, and uh, maybe putting on clothes, because <laughs> I have be how I am, and so trying to act like I got somewhere to go a little bit has helped, um, and I've been using, utilizing my balcony a lot more, um, so yeah, I'm really glad we had that episode. It was super helpful to me, and I hope it was helpful to others, too. Yes, I'm
0: happy to hear that, so Today, we have a special guest on. We have Phyllis joining us, aka Fibroid Queen. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all a little bit about her. So um, she's a speaker, registered nurse, fibroids advocate, fitness, and yoga coach. Phyllis is one of the 80% of women affected by fibroids by the age of 50. was able to overcome pain and suffering from fibroids to pain-free and ultimate bliss. Living her best beyond fibroids, a life she once thought she could not. She develops holistic and fitness regimens that focus on hormonal issues that women face with fibroids, endo, and etc., using a holistic approach to wellness and personal growth. With a proven system that combines yoga, fitness, and nutrition, Phyllis is on a mission to help millions of women in their suffering with uterine fibroids through fibroid fitness challenges and a sisterhood community with holistic resources that can help support women on their journey. Wow. So Phyllis. That's amazing. Now you tell us a little bit about yourself and this journey to become Fibroid Queen.
2: Oh my gosh. Thank you, Myra and Donika, for having me on here. I'm just so grateful to be able to speak to our women about what is really going on. And just a little bit about myself. Um, I am one that has came from just a different place in my life to a place that I never would imagine. Um, And I just want to, women to know there is hope, and things that I love to do on my um, off my passion with fibroids is, is researching. I love to research, I love to read, I love to explore, learn new things, and I feel like early on in my life, I didn't get an opportunity to do that, so I'm really enjoying life to what it is, and really looking forward to living my full potential. And um, I like to take vacations, right? I Like to, um, you know, not the case right now, more so imagine it, but um, I like to do um, a lot of that stuff that really um, puts you in a good place. So um, that's pretty much um, things that I like to do um, outside of this. Um, I am a proud aunt of six. I have six nieces and nephews. I am originally from Illinois. Um, My family's from Ghana. And, um, I live, I've been living in Houston for the last about six, seven years. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Nice. Okay. Anika, you want to go ahead and kick us off?
1: Yeah, no, most definitely. Thanks a lot for telling us about yourself, Phyllis. It always feels good. Feels like we get to know you a little bit more. Um, and so first question we have it, well, first of all, y'all, if y'all, Haven't noticed. Today we'll be focused on Black women fibroids. Very, very important topic. Of so, first question says: To be most informative, can you explain fibroids in layman terms so our audience can easily understand? Um, And then it's a second question. It says: From your experience and observation, would you say that fibroids impact certain folks, uh, such as Black people, are more than others? Okay,
2: so. So starting with um, what are fibroids and um, what does this have to do with me, right? So fibroids are non-cancerous, right? Non-cancerous tumors that lie in or around the uterus and they affect up to 80% of women. Um, And these are women from childbearing years. At least my clients, I see majority from 26, uh, mid-20s to up to 70s. And the research shows it's 30 to 50, but I believe it's spreading more and more out because this is a silent pandemic that's growing. So what are the triggers? How do you know you know, what if you have or you may be coming up with these um, symptoms is let's focus on the four main ones, right? So you got heavy cycles, you got bloating, you got pain, and you got anemia. Okay. So up to 80% of women will get fibroids and black women make up two to three more times likely to get fibroids. And, um, the thing is you may have fibroids, but up to 40% of women don't even know that they have it. Right. So, um, just knowing that little tumors, little masses are mushroom-like, they may look like that, to all the way to the size of a lemon could be growing on your uterus, causing havoc. And women that have them, it's a large percentage, right? But guess this, a small percentage of women actually have these symptoms. So I would say about 20% of women. So who's to say you have fibroids? that are just in you and not causing any symptoms at all. That could happen, right? Mm. So just want really, uh, really want women to understand that these um, tumors are non-cancerous and you can be um, suffering from them and thinking that your menstrual um, symptoms are completely normal. And sometimes that can be um, overlooked or missed. Um, And then, to the other question about um, the prevalence of um, fibroids in black women um, really starts from a lot of things. Um, But for this conversation, um, I just wanna focus on three main um, topics. And that is just number one, the lack of awareness. Number two, it being an ancestral genetic thing. And number three, the lifestyle. So the lack of awareness, I believe we're just, we're at a, a loss when it comes to this medical system, just being of color and um, having the knowledge in being aware of all our options and what is out there. Um, I feel as, um, as women, we are just really, put on to a lot of different things that we're not given a a blueprint of how to be a woman. You know, when we get our menstrual cycle, we are lucky if we get to talk about what a menstrual cycle is. You know, I grew up without getting that talk. I had to figure it all out. And not knowing we have a lot against us in this environment with the plastics we're using, with the toxins, with the relationships, with emotional disease that may come, we're, we're put on to a lot. And that affects our womb. It's the most vulnerable part of our body. Number two is being, you know, the just coming from the, the ancestral genetic realm of our, you know, ancestors went through a lot um, being of color. They went through a lot, that pain and suffering really shaped their reality and caused dysfunction in their bodies where, that dysfunction led to issues with their cells working in a different way and that gets passed on, right? Mm-hmm. So it gets passed on and it's not activated until we go against homeostasis. So a woman, you know, eating soy um, or let's just say a melanated woman eating soy or um, living a sanitary lifestyle that goes against the homeostasis, so that allows for that gene that was passed on to activate, like Christmas tree lights. Mm-hmm. So when you're you're told from the doctors that the cause of your condition, oh, it's in your genes. This is what I was told. It's in your genes. There's nothing you can do about it. That's an insult because it's not in my genes. It is activated by something that I'm doing, something that went on that did not agree with my body Mm -hmm. for this gene to actually um, dysfunction and cause uh, fibroids. And then the last thing is um, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I feel that we are at a double whammy um, with um, the, uh, the chronic conditions and obesity rate in our culture as well as um, just the women when it comes to boys. um Black women, that's a double whammy. <laughs> and I believe a lot of the food we're eating is not in agreement with our genetic makeup. So for example, soy is very common in Asian culture, and I feel that they are prepared for this, and that's why they look the way that they look. You know, thin, and you go to Asian countries, the type of food, the type of soy is dramatically different from the soy that we're eating. Mm. And the soy that we're eating is not able to be uh, digested in our body and it causes dysfunction. So that's an example. And another example is red beans and rice. I particularly think that red beans and rice is slave food. And <laughs> when I say slave food, food that we've been eating for years thinking like this is actual food we should be eating that's nutritious, that is preventing our iron absorption and different nutrients from being absorbed in our body. And again, not agreeing with our genetic makeup. I feel like we're eating a lot of that stuff. And um, us as black women, it comes to relaxers, comes to, um, again, plastics, just things not resonating in our with our bodies. So those are the three things where I think that fibroids, oh, the three main ones, that um, fibroids is um, prevalent among our Black queens. So I hope that answered both questions, Zanika. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know it was such a loaded question. Oh my goodness, this is so informative. Um, oh my goodness, I have as you were talking, I was just like, wow, because I, I don't know a lot about this as well. And you, know, you do your little Google search, but a lot of times it, it's not explained the way that you just explained it obviously. So uh, as you were kind of talking, one of the things that came up for me is like, if you are not having these symptoms, right, how would you know? Is it when you get a pap smear or a vaginal exam? Is it an x-ray? Like, how do you figure that out?
2: That's a good question. So my journey actually started when I uh, went in for a wellness checkup. I grew up watching my mom go through fibroids. And She had no explanation for it. I was a very curious child, just asking her um, as she came home from getting a partial hysterectomy, like, Mom, what's going on with you? And she just brushed me off. And um, also, just culturally, we're not ones to just talk about what's going on with it, especially when it comes to medical things that are medically wrong. And she just didn't know she you know she ended up saying that the doctor told her to do that because that was what she needed to do and i was like why and she's like fibroids so fibroids that name just stuck with me i didn't know exactly what it was what it what what happens with it i just knew fibroids so when i got into nursing school fast forward 15 years later um i was like um i had a, a moment sitting on the, the bed there getting ready to get a, a pap spinner. I was like, I just had flashbacks of my mom. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, was in nursing school and I put two and two together and I just asked the doctor, you know what, can I have an ultrasound? You know, because I just watch my mom go through fibroids. I just want to make sure that I don't have it. And Honestly, Donica and Myra, I don't really even know what came to me to not really know much about it. But my intuition was like, you know what, ask for it. And I ended up getting it, and I had a, a quarter size fibroid on my uterus. And it's like, just imagine mm. if I didn't have that moment, if I didn't think about that, what would have happened? So, Ultrasound is the way to like just to start up to see what's going on with your uterus, if there's any abnormal mass growing there. Um, MRI is a little bit more specific, but that's more in entail in, in, in regards to insurance and costs and stuff like that. But any question about those four triggers I mentioned, go for a ultrasound.
1: Hmm. Okay, and I noticed as we were kind of... Um... Talking about it, or hold on, I have a follow-up question. <laughs> These are my questions. No. I'm sorry, I'm not on the list? So, if let's say you wouldn't have got that ultrasound, right, and you would have, you wouldn't have known. Do you think eventually you would have started having symptoms? Or would have got. I would have got. Would it have gotten bigger?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I would be in a lot of my clients' shoes, where um, a lot of the clients I get are either coming into my services to get prevention because they've already had the, the surgery, which is fibroid removal. It's called myomectomy. So they've already have that. They're trying to prevent the fibroids from returning. And doctors that I've worked with, um, that I've done interviews with, have also uh, just um, kind of honored the services that I provide for these women as prevention. So. You have that, and then I have women that are uh, to the point where they're desperate for something else. They just just know surgery is not an option for them. They want something else. And it's to the point where their fibroids are really big. And I feel that if I did not get that ultrasound, if I kept going with those symptoms that I'm thinking that are normal, uh, part of being a woman, um, just to go through pain and suffer every time that comes around during the month, then I would be probably at a point where I either gotten a couple myomectomies or I, I've even gotten hysterectomy because I may have gotten to the point where it got so bad because of unawareness, because of it being overlooked, that I'm in constant pain and it's affecting my life where I just want my wound to be taken out. And that's what a lot of women are running into. And that's what I do what I do to prevent them from getting to that point where they just want to take out their womb. Because you take out your womb, you take out the engine to your body. And that's what we are running into with women, especially black women, they're two to three times more likely to get a hysterectomy. And that is complete permanent removal of your womb, where the doctors go in and cut the womb out of your body. And um That is something that should not be happening. Hmm. It should be happening. And more and more women are thinking, oh, I'm just going to do that. Like, it's a thing to do. And you just don't know down the road, you're increasing the risk of breast cancer, heart disease, because that wound had a function. It's not just there to produce babies. It, 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 It works with the brain and the heart. And you take that out Your body has to figure out who else is going to have the job that it was doing. And it requires more of your heart. It requires more of your brain as well. And that can lead to other issues. So um, if I did not find out, Danica, I feel that I would be in a worse, a more of a worse, a lot worse situation than I am in now. Mm -hmm. And being able to find that out, I'm able to not only be on this journey of healing with no procedures, no surgery, surgeries 12 years later, to now helping women not have to go through what I went through, but be able to find solutions, find answers, and be able to be coached by a woman that's been through their journey. So hopefully that answers your question.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for explaining that. I'm so glad you listened to your, your intuition, like that feeling. Um this question, it says, can, can anyone get them? I'm thinking from what you just
2: said, anyone with a uterus can can get them, <laughs> right? Can get five. Absolutely. Yeah. So the clients that I get are anywhere from the late 20s to their 70s. But research shows it's just 30 to 50. But I feel like that number is just going to grow and grow mm-hmm. as we're getting more um, and more processed, more and more GMO type of foods um more and more technology, radiation, this toxic environment, I feel like um more mm-hmm. that number is just gonna grow Where younger and younger women are gonna be running into infertility and issues with their womb because of this. Mm-hmm.
0: Um Phyllis, I'm curious what are some ways in which fibroids affect one's mental health? Yeah,
2: that's a good question. So um I believe, and I have a question for you too. Do you believe, okay, because I, I, I believe it, but do you believe that your thoughts shape your reality? For sure, yeah. Okay. okay, so if our thoughts shape our reality, again, so do I, our thoughts influence our emotions, okay? Mm. So I feel like a lot of the conditions we are coming across are caused by environmental influences by at least 90%. So a lot of dysfunction in our bodies can be prevented by changing the way we see things. So um, when it comes to mental health and fibroids, I believe there is a huge tie-in that's not regarded enough. And that's what research does not have. Research does not have those numbers. It, it's not considered, and that's why there's no cure. Fibroids has a huge emotional tie-in where we think negative thoughts, we embody those thoughts. Our body literally thinks that we're living those thoughts. You think negatively, you have insecurity issues. Your body works hard to say, you know what, Myra, Don, Donica, I'm gonna, Pump your heart faster so that you can get away from this lion of insecurities that you're you're thinking right now. I'm going to raise your cortisol levels so that way you can get over this, right? You can stay alert and and, and be in this state of mind. And you stay in this state of mind, that becomes a temperament. And then you stay there for so long, six months to a year, that becomes your new mood there for years that's just who you are rude wherever you are you know you're mad all the time your self-esteem issues you've been like that for a minute right mm-hmm. and what does it do, do to your cells your cells start to dysfunction mm-hmm. where they may clump together they may just not be able to communicate with other organs like your brain they may not be able to communicate with your womb. And you start creating garbage. For sure. These garbage form clusters. And that's what I think forms these fibroids. These fibroids are literally collecting our garbage that has been going on for years, from the way we think to what we do. So yes, Myra, I do believe there is a huge um tie in with mental health and not only that when women have pyroids their self-esteem their self um worth is through the roof i mean they they just don't have that for most cases and that ruins their psyche because they they keep staying in that state of mind where their condition just gets worse and i and i feel that heavy cycles are a reflection of the womb crying your tears that you have not Mm -hmm.
0: shed. Wow. So I was doing some research and I saw a lot about like women and them struggling with depression when having fibroids and it made me wonder like as a person like that's trying to be a support person like let's say a family member, close friend, what are maybe some tips you can give them to support this person that they might see struggling or they might not see them struggling, they might be you know saving face, what are some tips you might
2: give that person? So I would um, really come to that person in just a state of concern of how can I help? What's going on? Because for the most part, I believe a lot of women don't even know what's going on with their bodies to tell you what to do, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know what's going on. So I believe just helping them in a way that, you know what? How can I help you relieve some emotional disease? How can I help you vent? Mm-hmm. And then be able to think through what they want to do because they're holding so much in because this is a very shameful, this is looked as a shameful type of condition to have that a woman don't like to talk about. But for them to start talking and releasing, that is a form of healing. So having someone to talk to, not even about oh I saw that I noticed you're holding your stomach what's going on no how can I help you what what's on your mind I want you to know that I'm someone you can trust I just want to help you um, with whatever you're going through and kind of seeing where it goes from there it may mean, take that person a while but they may come around and open up once they open up that is a good thing then helping them find resources okay. Um, One of the things that I do for women is I help them suffering with with this condition with a holistic plan. So joining some type of community support, finding a trusting doctor. I believe we should be interviewing our doctors for the job to be on your team, not to own you, but to support what your decisions are. So finding a good doctor and then getting some, um, hopefully scheduling a an appointment with that doctor with all your questions and concerns and doing your own research just like you did myra do your own research using you your own self-advocate because those are what is needed because a lot of things are overlooked and not regarded especially if you are a minority unfortunately and um, you know this conversation can go on for days from even the Tuskegee experiment to where we are now but Right now, if you are dealing with this, or you know someone is dealing with this, just be supportive where they can at least open up to you. If you're dealing with this, open up somehow. Find an outlet. Work out. Um, take a walk. Whatever is going to allow you to let out because the more you hold it in, the more you keep it in, it's going to make your condition worse. Um, so this holistic community that I am, that I've, developed or created for via the fibroid fitness challenges is a blueprint of the regimen I use in order to um, go from pain and suffering with fibroids to eliminating a tumor out of my body. This happened last year where I was able to cycle out a tumor and it was evident in the ultrasound that I had that that was a uh, there was a four centimeter fibroid there that degenerated And I feel like it was a reflection of my lifestyle. Mm. So this blueprint that I created using fitness, yoga, nutrition, I give to women via the fibroid fitness challenge that they do every month. It's a 30-day challenge where they're able to use this regimen that was created specifically to overcome the symptoms of fibroids and follow that with a supportive community via Facebook and be able to have a group support with other women that are dealing with this and be coached by me on what did they need to do to be able to not have to um, suffer and live beyond fibroids. So having someone that you know, be supportive of, a, of them, have them find a doctor they can trust, join a supportive community, fibroid fitness challenge is one. And then the third thing is um, doing the research. You get one opinion, don't go off of that opinion, find another opinion because honestly, you know, the thing is doctors are trained to fix and cut. And right now the current medical treatments for fibroids are not solutions. They're just band-aids to an open world. So um, I feel that being able to treat this holistically like I have, I'm able to get to the root cause of my fibroids. And knowing that, I know that it's a huge emotional tie-in to um, were uh, my condition because it's evident on how I've been able to overcome this without any medical intervention. And that just shows, you know, how powerful the holistic lifestyle is. And what is the research on that? So um, that, those are my three tips when it comes to helping someone that may be suffering with fibroids. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for
0: like, highlighting what you've been through and how you've implemented that into helping others. I feel like that's so important. Um, with the last few minutes that we have, do you have any takeaways for our listeners?
2: Yeah, um, just the takeaways is that if you're dealing with this condition, any bloating, any of the, the, the symptoms that I mentioned, you have some type of hormone imbalance. So things that you eventually want to eliminate on your diet, or at least take a break from It's meat, dairy, soy just do like a juice cleanse for like a week or so. And you need some ideas on how to do the juice cleanse, check out my website, www.fibroidqueen.com. I have some resources on some recipes, juice recipes to start your healing journey. And if you want to be a part of the Fibroid Fitness Challenge, just to get that holistic community and support that education to live beyond fibroids, check me out at Fibroid Queen on Instagram and DM me if you need just someone to talk to or some guidance. I am here for you.
0: Phyllis, I'm curious if there's any like quotes or anything where it may be like a sentence or something that's helped you through this journey where you've been like, ah, like I say that to myself here and there and it's been helpful.
2: Yeah, I would tell, um, that's a good one. I would say that, um, five boy queen is, um, actually an affirmation for me Mm. because it's like, why would you name yourself five boy? Why would you remind yourself? And the thing is, this thing, this having fibroids was a death sentence for me. That's how I perceived it as, but it's, it's not. I turned something so negative into a positive where I think of fibroid queen, I think I'm powerful, I think of a superhero. And I want you to be able to think about that. What name, what word gets you like, yes, I can do this. And it may have been something from the past, but, Think of a word that really gets with you um, resources Queen of um, uh Tony Robbins and um, Joe Disponenza are my resources that I would refer you to
0: nice thank you so much for that and thank you for joining us today I really enjoy like hearing about this. I stuff like it's so important we wanted to do it in July for fibroid awareness but we missed it so I feel like it's still just in time like this is always something that needs to be talked about
2: absolutely well thank you so much for having me and. Ladies, um, feel empowered, you can do this and let's overcome five voice and live our best. Thank you so much, Phyllis. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: So Danica, in the since we were talking about like health and stuff like that with Phyllis, um what are some things you want to do this week to be a little bit more healthy I've been coming across a lot of conversations about like how soy is not good for you my mom always says that and then also like I know a lot of people are doing like no meat Mondays and you know there's just a lot of conversations now about like you know you can still eat meat but reducing it so I've been trying but I love steak so I feel like I'll be struggling like I I love me a good steak oh my gosh
1: so I don't know the piece of meat too. what'd you say but that's a big old piece of meat, too. Yes yeah. And a slab. Good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess something I've just been hearing about, like, not only just soy, but just eating better in general and, like, even trying to eat eating as raw and organic as possible, um, mm-hmm. uh, and I follow like ancient artery who was on our podcast and I'd be like amazed with the stuff that she'd be saying. Mm-hmm. And it's it's super like motivating to want to do better, but you know, knowing you got to start out somewhere like small. And mm-hmm. so I'm thinking maybe I'll start the meatless Mondays with tomorrow being Monday. I think I'll start it. Like it's, it's one day I can do that. So that's something that I want to do now that she's talking about it. Yeah. What about you? I don't know. So I had I
0: was like, you know, I want to try something new. I'm pretty healthy (laughs) overall. I eat steak maybe once a month, but if I could, I eat it every day just because I know how like it's not good for your body. Um, so I usually have a green smoothie every day, but I've been looking into ingesting black castor oil. Um, because I keep hearing like it's so good for you. Not the black castor oil you're thinking that you put in your hair. Um, I'm sorry, not black oil. black seed oil. I don't know why I said oh, black. Oh, <laughs> no one you make that face.
1: <laughs>
0: it's still not that great. It's, it's okay. It's pretty strong. Um, but it has all these reasons why it's supposed to be good for you. Like if you have asthma, it helps with that. It helps you with like different skin conditions. It helps you with lowering um, your blood sugar, it helps you with weight loss, cholesterol, brain health. So it's supposed to help with all these different things. And I keep coming across people that have been like, yeah, I've been taking this for 20 years and it's helped me with blah, blah, blah. So hmm. I want to try to add that into my diet. And I'm trying to add more uh, vegetables into my diet. Um, when she said slave food, I was like, I ain't stopped eating my collard greens. I don't know about that. <laughs> I was just I so love cheap. Red, beans and red beans and rice. Yeah. I love red beans and rice. But I love collard greens. Like now that I learned how to make them, mm
1: Girl, we throw it down. What type of meat do you put in there? I don't put meat. Um, you don't. You know how to make collard greens without meat? Yes. Can't believe one of my friends is
0: making her collard greens with water. What, what do you mean? You supposed to use chicken broth.
1: No, you don't have
0: to. Well, they taste disgusting. Um, and I had told her, I was like, you don't make greens with water, girl. That's not how you make them. That's why they came out like this. You use some type of broth. And because you use the broth, it adds the flavor of the meat. So I use chicken broth.
1: Yeah, no, nah, baby. But
0: you don't I'll, use water.
1: I only know how to make collard greens with meat. Some type of turkey bone. Some type, you know, I mean, my family is, you know, I'm a <laughs> got ham hocks and all type of You sound like my mom. She was like, you gonna make greens with no
0: meat. And I was like, and try them. And she was like, oh, you actually know what you're doing. I was like, yeah. I can't tell you what I put in there, but I, I can tell you I know what I'm doing. I'm doing. <laughs> I'll be putting some stuff in there where you'd be like,
1: oh, okay. But it's bomb. It just takes too long, I guess, for me. Like, so greens, I don't cook them a lot just because when you really make greens, it takes it takes a oh, while. Yeah, when my friend like, told me, the one with the water, she said it took her 30 minutes. I said, oh, hell.
0: Oh, no. It's going to be at least an hour, at least. I'm sorry, friend. Mine's is two hours and thirty minutes. That's how so i right know. say it. No, like them
1: things be going all day. Like, yeah. oh no. And then I
0: add some cabbage in there. Mm. making me want some.
1: Will you mm. go ahead and make some? Anyway, anyway. eat
0: your best. It was vegetables. <laughs> so I am trying to eat more vegetables, so that's what I'm gonna be trying to do. Um, what things do you have to share
1: with us today? Um, I don't have anything? not too much I just really like this episode I feel like I literally had never heard of fibroids until I got to grad school so I had to be like 23 or something mm-hmm. and I had a friend who um she had fibroids and she told me about it and she was super into her health was and your like black? Um, Can I ask? Yeah. yeah she was black she's African too she's Nigerian um I will a have a question but share but uh, <laughs> yeah no most definitely black women And she was really into her health and her, like, just the stuff that she puts on her body, exercising, like, and her fibroids would still be there, but they would be more managed with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, just the, the, you know, like, it being painful and, like, you know, she's like, my fibroids is acting up. And I was like, you know, not really. I'm just trying to understand what it is. So, listening to Phyllis today, I was like, dang, like, this this is real and I think when you when it's not like affecting you personally sometimes you forget about it um but hearing Phyllis's stories today I'm just like wow I really do want to be a support more supportive to those suffering from it also being more mindful you know my own body uh and taking those extra steps of like ultrasounds and stuff especially when getting those feelings but yeah it was a like
0: not actually was she Black because I feel like for me growing up when I heard about Black women and health, I always heard about like lupus or like sickle cell. So fibroids for me, I didn't really know about it until I was an adult either. But I feel like it's just important for Black women overall and like their health because when I hear about like I said those two things, it was always like from Black women like in my family or just Black women that I knew. Um, but it also makes me think about like having those conversations with like other black women earlier on you know just to be of support for them because like like fibroids like you said something i hadn't heard of i've never met anybody with fibroids until today meeting phyllis wow
1: Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty absolutely sure that way more people are experiencing them maybe they just don't talk about it or maybe they don't even know right that's wild Yeah. yeah So that's pretty much uh, my reflections. I do hope that everyone likes this episode and shares it to people, uh, anyone around. Um, I, I, I'm really, uh, I really want y'all to engage with us. I'm trying. We trying. So um, <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed looking at all our, our channels, like we, we see y'all listening. But y'all not subscribing and y'all not leaving reviews, rate us, baby. <laughs> <laughs> rate us. Because that helps It helps other people to see us. If y'all rate us, then we'll go higher on their platform. So then say if another black woman or a person in general just wanted to know some information, if they put in like healing or something, we are more prone to pop up to the top. If y'all rate us, I leave reviews right. and subscribe. So You know all it is is a little button even if you leave a review and say like hey um favorite part when y'all start laughing that's cool that's good like (laughs) we want to know like what are the things y'all enjoying and also the things that y'all want to hear more of or maybe don't like we want to hear it all so rate review subscribe like we really got to keep pushing that to y'all so I really hope that y'all listen
0: (laughs) yeah for sure um have you been reading anything good or listening anything good
1: lately? Um, I am reading. Um, dang, you don't even know. I I'm reading a lot. I keep. I still need to finish the Four Agreements. Uh, I know. Long what? I know. I'm reading, like, three different books, but, oh, this next week I'm going book on down and focus on one at a time. Uh, on our next episode, I'll share one of the books. I'm reading in a little bit more in detail, but it's not in front of me, and I don't want to waste time.
0: Have you ever read uh, Tuesdays with uh, Maury? No.
1: What's that about? So, <laughs>
0: let me tell y'all. So, Tuesdays with Maury is about a professor. His name is Maury, and one of his students from college, his name is Mitch. He goes on this hunt to go visit Maury or whatever. Come to find out Maury's dying. He has cancer. So Mitch says, you know what? I'm going to like document our last days together. So he records all their conversations, turns it into a book. Amazing book. Most people have to read it in high school. But if you read it in high school, I suggest you read it again as an adult because you'll have a completely different experience. So he just basically documents him passing away, all the things he learned from him, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward to 2018, they make it into a podcast, and it's called The Tuesday People. Every single episode of this podcast is good. Like, I started reading it from, I mean, listening to it from the beginning, and it's such a good podcast. And it's helpful if you're, like, on, like, a grieving journey, or you might be grieving someone, because it just talks about, like, different things, like being grateful, even though this person passed away. Um, Heaven on earth, how to find peace on earth when your person is in heaven um literally every single episode is good like when i tell y'all i was sitting in my living room listening to a podcast i don't do that um for hours at a time it was so good and then it reminded me like that's why you love the book so much so the tuesday people so good what
1: that's the podcast tuesday people Uh uh-huh oh my goodness and then he
0: plays recordings from when he used to talk to his professor maury and like hearing him talk the man was just like brilliant you like you have you'll be hooked it's one of my favorite podcasts now well
1: you know i'm about to but y'all gotta read
0: it. the book too the book is really good
1: wow thanks mara for that i'm definitely about to you know that's how quick y'all done already subscribed. <laughs> 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 that that's how quick that's how quick that's how quick you do it i already got it i got the podcast now i'm gonna have to listen to it later oh uh, alright <laughs>
0: you all right y'all <laughs> so anyway Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and thank y'all for tuning into this week's episode of Black Women Healing Podcast.